0: Amen. We're going we're to read a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, um, and I've kind of subtitled it, uh, Paul's Great Brief Resurrection Recap. It's just this wonderful little recap that Paul does uh, of the resurrection. So let's read that together. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. And that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. Anybody ever feel like Paul there that you were born out of the wrong era, that you were untimely born? You know, maybe oh, I should have been, you know, born in the '50s. I would have really loved the '50s. And for all of you who weren't young in the '80s, I apologize because the '80s were awesome. They were totally awesome. And you look at—I don't have to even. Where's the beef? That's the '80s. Um, hair hair metal and hair rock. That's the '80s. You know, some really good R and B was the '80s. Um, the invention of the like, like the planets was. The, I'm just kidding. That wasn't, that wasn't the 80s. That was long before. But the 80s were really good. But I love. I laugh at that statement. Paul's, you know, recounting who Jesus appeared to, and then he's like, and then for one untimely born, you know, he appeared to me. And what Paul's expressing is, he he didn't get to encounter the Jesus who walked, and taught and shared and perform the miracles. But the Jesus that Paul encountered, and Jesus did reveal himself to Paul, but it was the resurrected Jesus. It was the resurrected, glorified King of Kings. It was the resurrected Jesus that if you look on on all the accounts of the resurrection, people who were his closest followers and who loved him dearly didn't recognize him. Didn't recognize him. There was such a transformation that took place. The glorified risen Savior that he wasn't even recognized. He had to tell people, it's me. Or called them by name and then they recognized him. <coughs> this Jesus appeared to Paul. There's some big declarations made in this scripture that we need to, we need to state and agree upon. Number one, that we sin. Paul starts off with this. For Christ died for our sins. Number one, we sin. Number two, that Christ was strong enough to deal with our sin. That Christ was strong enough to deal with our sin. Number three, that he was stronger than death and he raised from the dead. He raised from the dead. That he was stronger than death and raised from the dead. And number four, that he didn't hide from people after the resurrection. But appeared to many even after his ascension. Why is that important? Number one, I love the fact that God that Jesus didn't just appear to a select handful of followers after the resurrection. Because how easy would it have been at that point to go, sure they're going to say that. Uh, Yeah. They stole his body and of course they're going to say they saw him. But he appeared to hundreds and not just hundreds. There are writings, uh, Jewish writings, of Jesus appearing to, to Jewish leaders saying, I just want you to see that I'm risen. See who it is. There's a a book, uh, Josephus. I like calling it Josephus because it sounds better. Josephus. The book of Josephus sounds like it's from the south, but I'm pretty sure it's Josephus. Um, But uh, that's one of those writings. It was a Jewish leader that Jesus appeared to after the resurrection. Jesus didn't hide himself from us. He is not hiding himself. He is to be found by those who are searching for him. I want to read uh, just an excerpt from a book that I'm reading called Raised Doubting the Resurrection. It's just a a short uh, 70 page book, um, and uh, it's written by Jonathan Dodson. I want to read this. If you doubt the resurrection, I'm glad. Because anything worth believing has to be worth questioning. But don't let your questions slip away unanswered. Isn't that good? Don't let your questions slip away unanswered. Don't reduce your doubts to a state of unsettled cynicism. Wrestle with your doubts. Find answers. If you call yourself a believer and a skeptic, don't settle for pat proofs. Don't settle for emotional experiences or duty-driven religion. Keep asking questions. Those who haven't questioned their faith can become easily doctrinaire. Even detached from the everyday struggle of faith. Whether you are a skeptic, believer, or somewhere in between, press into your faith or push into your doubt. Question your faith and question your doubts. Determine good reasons for believing or not believing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If he really did defeat death, it changes everything. Doubt well. And you can walk away from skepticism, cynicism, or blind faith into perceptive belief, intellectual security, and deeper commitment. I want to tell you, God is not threatened by your doubting. Because he knows who he is. He's not afraid of your doubts. He's not afraid of your questioning because he knows who he is and he knows this he will use all things to draw us to him the Holy Spirit is here right now to to bring us into all truth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I love what this says hey have doubts but, but don't stop there wrestle with them seek truth God doesn't mind our doubting, but our doubts cannot be the end point. Our doubting must be followed by searching. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the writers of the Gospels, tell us that Jesus predicted his death and his resurrection years before it occurred. He knew it was coming, and he embraced it. He knew it was coming. He knew it was prophesied. He knew that's what he was there for, and he didn't run from it, he embraced it. I want to give an outline of events of what led up to the crucif- crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. One evening, Jesus met his disciples in the garden to pray. And then suddenly, he was interrupted by, by clanging metal, clanging armor, and flaming torches and Roman soldiers arrested him at the request of the religious leaders of that day, the Pharisees. At that time, his disciples, his followers, ran and scattered. Jesus was left to face trial alone. He was quickly tried in the early hours of Friday morning and crucified that same afternoon. Good Friday. On Sunday, grief-stricken women went to visit Jesus' tomb. And as devoted disciples of Jesus, they were shocked to find his tomb uncovered and empty. Other disciples joined them and entered the tomb and found his body gone with his grave clothes lying there. This is a likely place for doubt to creep in. we look at their responses and their responses were not faith-filled responses but responses of doubt. Where, what have you done with my what have you done with my Lord? Some claim the body was stolen. Mary thought the same thing until Jesus appeared to her. Other disciples disbelieved the resurrection report even after Jesus appeared to them. They mistook Jesus for a ghost, so he had to prove it to them by eating eating a snack there with them, eating fish. He took it upon himself to prove his physical existence before their eyes. And everyone believed, except for a man that we have dubbed Doubting Thomas, Thomas saw this and still believed, or still doubted, rather. He heard the news, he saw the man, and he still had doubt. If Jesus really is God, and He's standing there before you, and all that you've exhibited is doubt. All that you've communicated and expressed is doubt. What would you think his response would be? If you think his response will be disappointment, you're wrong. See, he's not afraid of our doubts. But more than that, he wants us seeking him. Hey, if we're searching for answers, my friends, we will find it. And Jesus is the answer. Not not religion, not a church, not a rules, a set of rules and do's and don'ts. Jesus is the answer. What did Jesus do with Thomas? He entertained his doubts. He invited Thomas to press his hands to his Tender crucifixion wounds, charging him, do not disbelieve, but believe. Don't disbelieve, believe. If you have doubts, you're in good company. Because even his closest and most devout followers doubted at first at first but here's the good news Jesus is alive and he is still in the business of revealing himself to people if you are here tonight and you have doubts I want to ask you this are are your doubts followed by seeking him are your doubts followed by seeking truth are you wrestling with the doubts or are you just cynical? My friends, cynical is not a, not a way to go through life, man. It's just not. God is bigger than our doubts, Jesus is bigger than our doubts. See, I've got testimony, I don't just have knowledge. I, I've got some knowledge. i got, you know, a decent amount of knowledge. It's not about knowledge. I've got a testimony. I have an experience. See, there came a moment when I placed my trust and my belief in Jesus Christ and I confessed him as my Lord and Savior and I have relationship with him and my life has never been the same. Good times, bad times, he's there. Really good times, really bad times, he's there. To anyone who is skeptical, and for those who are struggling with doubt, know this. Jesus is ready to receive our questions. And He's not threatened by them. I don't know what your perception of Jesus is, but He ain't some weak, skinny, white guy on a cross. Okay? And He's not afraid of... Of our questions because he knows who he is. And he knows that once we know who he is, those doubts will be gone and our lives will be changed. Once we know who he is, we walk in a freedom because we know who he is. And more than that, we find ourselves going, Because I know who you are, I find myself in you. I want to bear the name of Christ. But my friends, it's, it's not enough just to doubt. Out to him. The Bible says this in, in Luke. I want to read this, chapter 11. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If I told you that on the other side of that door, which is closed right now, on the other side of that door was was great riches, something that you hold valuable, or better yet, on the other side of that door is peace, that no matter what circumstance you're going to walk through, you won't be shaken. Circumstances won't shake you, there'll be a peace in your life. What if I told you on the other side of that door was a joy? That even in the midst of difficulties, you wouldn't be consumed by heaviness, but you would just have this knowing that you were being held. You were being sustained. If I told you that it lied on the other side of that door, there's not a person in this room that would knock and knock and knock and pound and pound and pound until that door was opened. Friends, let's not be any less tenacious and grabbing the goodness and the grace that God has for us. If you're here tonight and you've given your life to Christ, then celebrate. You are His. But if you are here tonight and you've never placed your trust in Jesus and you have doubts, I want you to know God, He ain't angry at you. He's not turned away from you. And He's not threatened by your doubts. He is bigger than that. But my encouragement to you is this. Don't let it end with the doubts. Knock. Seek. Call out. I promise you this. I will make you this promise because I know who he is. If you say, Lord, reveal yourself to me. If you love me like the, the guy with the wonderful shirt on that Saturday night stood up there and said, then reveal yourself to me. If you love me, you got to let me know. I promise you this. If you, if you pray that prayer, He will do it. He will, I mean, period. There's no doubt in my mind. Ain't no pressure on me, but I guarantee it. I mean, that's, I mean, there's nothing I have to guarantee, I mean, but it's true. He's real. He loves you and he wants to reveal himself to you. Jesus entertains our doubts. But he also implores us to believe in him. Because Jesus has abundant life to offer us if we will believe and confess him as Lord and Savior. So cry out to him today. Whether you've believed or not, cry out to him today. Renew your trust in him today or place your trust in him today. You will not be disappointed. He is risen. He is alive. He's not a religious icon on a wall. He's not a scripted list of do's and don'ts that we have to do in order to attain good standing with Him. Jesus made sure of that. I know I did it earlier in the service, but quite honestly, there's there's nothing more important tonight than if there's someone here that's ready to give their lives to Christ if they're ready to proclaim their trust in God. So I want to give that opportunity again. So I want to do it a little different than the first time. If we can all close our eyes. But please just stay locked into me just for a second. This won't take long. If you're here tonight and you believe that Jesus loves you, and that He does have a plan for you. And despite maybe false teaching, and despite religious upbringing, or despite hardships, you know that it's true. You know that it's true that He loves you, and that His plan for you is great. And and if you're ready to confess Him as Lord and Savior, you're ready to confess Him and say, I'm ready to bear His name, to call out on the name of Jesus, and be named by him. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand and lock your eyes. My eyes are open. Everyone else is closed. If that's you, I just want to know it, that God has done something in your life and you're declaring this night, I place my trust in him. Just lock eyes with me and raise their hand. Is there anybody? Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Is there anyone else? Just lock eyes with me and make it obvious. This night you're making a declaration. I believe and now I am (laughs) confessing. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love and I thank you that your son Jesus was obedient to you, even unto death. Obedient to you to lay his life down so that there would be no barrier between us and you, oh God. Jesus, we worship you tonight. We remember you tonight. And we wholeheartedly seek you and praise you tonight. Lord, I thank you for my brother, Lord, that his, this night made that declaration, that he places trust in you and makes you Lord of his life. He believes. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for every individual in this place tonight, and I just speak your blessing over everyone. Lord, I thank you for every marriage in this place, and Lord, I just speak blessings over every marriage in here, Lord. God, let, let passion and communications and friendship and trust be stirred and renewed tonight in every marriage, Lord God. Lord, I pray for every child in this place tonight. Lord, I thank you for your love and your plan for them. And I just speak blessing, Lord. Jesus, you are awesome. There is none like you. And you are mighty. And you are victorious. And we believe in you.